Hello and welcome to Head Above the Clouds podcast. And for what seems like forever ago, we are pleased to say we are back following the launch of our pilot series with even more conversations around mental health, well-being, guest experiences and endeavours, and boy does it feel good. For those of you who are new to our podcast, a big hello from the HATC team. Here at HATC, we continue to create spaces where people can find a moment's escapism or even a bit of respite. So take a moment, settle in, and welcome to the community and world that is ahead of the class. Hello and welcome to Head Above the Clouds podcast with me, Alice G. And me, Jade Poltney. We're here to have open and honest conversations about mental illness and hopefully give some advice about how to keep your head above the clouds. Hello, welcome to Head Above the Clouds podcast. How are you all doing and how are you coping with lockdown 2.0? We hope you are keeping safe and staying sane, but it's okay if you're not. That's why we're here. For those of you meeting us for the first time, we are two music industry workers and mental health campaigners who raise awareness of and money for mental health charities around the UK. And we are so excited to be starting this podcast where we will be getting to talk to some even more exciting guests about their experience with mental illness. We also know that the past year hasn't been easy and so many more people have begun to struggle with their mental health because of the pandemic. So we've been busy working away, making some content that hopefully might be able to help. Alice has recorded some grounding exercises that have been created by mental health specialists to help distract from the panic and anchor yourself in the present. If that sounds up your street, then head over to our profile to find this week's episode. And if it isn't, then stay tuned for some amazing guests who have been so open and honest with us and you about their struggles and offer some advice on how to overcome and keep your head above the clouds. Should we get started? Yes, let's. This week, we got to sit down with one of my favourite stand-up comedians, Tom Allen. You guys may know him from Live at the Apollo, The Last Leg, Mock the Week, but we got to sit down and speak to him about how reliving his childhood anxiety over lockdown inspired his brand new book, No Shame, which is out today. Welcome, Tom. Hello. Thank you very much for having me on this podcast. We're thrilled to have you. And for for those out there who are unaware that we are back recording finally after postponing throughout lockdown and doing things slightly different, weren't we, Jade? I think over just over a lockdown. tiny bit different. Just a tad. Do those um, overhead. Yeah. Sat in the wardrobe with the clothing. Uh-huh. Um, doing a lot of live streams, which is a whole new world. Oh yeah. Um, but it was great. But it's it's really nice to be back. Not quite in a studio, but recording in a, in a really nice space with all our equipment. It's, it's great, actually. It's, it's been finally fun. getting back on the deck was a bit stressful. Normally, Slightly. like the past few months, you've just been sending me audio files already done, and I can be like, yeah, cool, I'll just snip it. <laughs> Seeing that again was a bit daunting, but yeah. we're good to go. Well, we had a. I bought for lockdown a uh, USB road mic because oh, I, 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 Jade took a lot of the stuff back with her. Um, so I thought, you know, we'll buy that. So we're back with the, the deck, mm-hmm. which is slightly more, as you can see, from the copious amount of, um, wires. of wires. I should have yeah. spent more time, like, that is what I should have been doing in lockdown, spending more time actually, like, 
fixing my skills on the decks and sorting everything out instead of playing Sims and didn't we all say that in lockdown? I mean, films. It's very difficult, isn't it? You've got to just do what you can do, mm. I think. I think we all said, like, I mean, I said I was going to hone in. I started fr- learning French again. That, that was my good. thing. Yeah, well, I gave up about four months in. I, I realised I had less time than I actually thought I would, which is... Interesting, was, yeah. It was so. weird, actually, for me, which I'm very grateful for. Um, but, yeah, I think we all said we were going we we to hone productive in. productive things, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But you actually did do a productive thing in lockdown. You did, yeah. Well, that's very nice of you to say. Are you referring to my book? <laughs> Um, I d- yeah, I wrote a book. I started writing sort of fairly early on in the lockdown, and it was perfect timing because uh, I've always wanted to write it down. It's got a lot of stories from like being an outsider as a teenager and feeling a bit odd growing up, and uh, and and it gave me the space to actually focus on that. And I loved it, and I loved the experience of um, spending time in my head. There wasn't that FOMO or that. Um, that that kind of it, it it was just sort of a, a meditative state. That's yeah. how I found it. And I'm not very good at meditation, and I'm not very good <laughs> at, at being just with my thoughts a lot of the time. But somehow having the focus of the book was very cathartic. I found it actually it was quite a mixed time. I mean, I found a lot of people that I know who struggle with mental health actually managed to to cope relatively okay. Mm. And I, I said to my parents, I said I don't know whether that's because we have. I mean, a lot of us have been in therapy or CBT, so we've got a lot of skills that we've brought, oh, you know, yeah. to the table. But I do know a lot of, of lot of friends who may have not have experienced um, mental health in, in such a way before who really, really struggled. So it must have been a whole new experience to kind of just be spending time on your own and, and focusing in on something, really. Well, I think, yes, I think, I think you're right that perhaps we have more skills now, particularly mm. if, you, if you've had... Um, the chance to kind of research or, or, or look into it or have experience of, like you say, therapy or uh, in, any kind of treatment, I suppose it, it is a good, it, you know, lot, there's a lot more information out there. Maybe there would be, even 10 years ago, I, I dare say. Um, oh, definitely. And, and, and a much more of an active conversation around it, which I think is very positive. And I think people, I found myself saying it and going, you know, I'm having a bit of a, a struggle this week. I'm really, I was, last week yeah. I was fine and then this week I'm not so fine. Or even like day to day or hour to hour. But actually, just the when you sort of check in with yourself, making sure, you know, being okay with how you feel, just accepting how you feel, and 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 sort of and sort of going. Actually, it's okay to not feel great at this moment. Oh, definitely. And I think, obviously, with the book, you, you were saying obviously you've written about your childhood and things that maybe weren't so much comfortable at the time. Um, did that kind of bring up? any memories that perhaps you'd like thought oh do you know what? I'm going to put that away for a while did it bring up any I mean difficult situations that you maybe hadn't thought about in a while or that's a good question you know I, I think um, well I think with a book like you've got to write something that you feel is personal and you've got to you, I, th- I think well for me it was really important to write something that was a bit vulnerable so that other people who felt the same to kind of uh, have, have a feeling connection and my thing is always to I think most entertainment is just to make people feel less alone, which sounds kind of a bit maudlin, doesn't it? But I suppose I am a bit maudlin. And, um, and I suppose I just went, like, actually, I'll write about the things that, um, that when I, it's called No Shame, the book, and I thought I'd write about the times when I felt a bit like, oh, God, why did I do that? Oh, that's stupid of me. Um, and particularly in terms of, like, before I'd come out and dealing with that stuff, there, there were memories there, but I think, actually, it was good to ex- express them on the page and also kind of... Um, kind of realised that actually I've, I have managed to grow from them. At the time, it didn't feel like I had, but I think with the fullness of time, I'm 37 now, 
I think I, I maybe had moved on a bit, and that's nice. And it's only since I've sort of come to the final stages of, of the book that I've gone, actually, yeah, I, I did contain that on those pages, and I'm proud of that. I, I was trying to do sort of 6,000 words a week. I think you're always surprised, actually, what it does bring up. I don't think yeah. things are straight straightforward, especially when it's your own story. I mean, that's it's very It's a lot of facing true. up to things. Yeah, very Good much. and bad. Yeah, yeah, I definitely found that. Um, and, you, you know, sort of thinking back about, like, first loves is one a chapter, and, you know, it felt so profound, it was so kind of harrowing, and, and now I write about it, and I go, oh, it was okay, like, you know, and any kind of, um, it, 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 yeah, any kind of, like, resentment I had about the time, just about the timely, um, I felt dissipated, really, and I went, oh, no, that was a nice experience. You know, but I never yeah. thought I might be able to get to that. And I don't know if that, I think, obviously, I had moved to that place, but it was only in writing on the page that I could realise it. And mm-hmm. that's the benefit of, of expressing something, yeah. isn't it? Oh, I think that's the wonderful thing about time, actually. I agree, I think, in the moment. And I think it's actually, I agree, it's like a really blissful thing to yeah. look back and go... Not that it's not important to you anymore, but you've moved forward with your life. Things have changed. Yes. And you can just kind of look at it and reevaluate it and then park it. And I think... And that's a great place to be in. I don't know about you. Yeah, even on like not so like of the heavy stuff, when you just look back and go, why on earth did I care so much yeah. about that minuscule little thing? Yeah, oh my goodness, yeah. And like you drive yourself crazy over the tiniest thing. And mm. now you're just like, I don't even remember that I don't know if being a teenager though as well. Because like, I think when you're a teenager, you really, like the smallest thing. It's the end of the world. Yeah, it really, hone in on things and things yeah. are the end of the world. You it know? is laughing at yourself it a lot is, of the time for me. For me, it's been healthy, yeah. Um, I mean, you did um, the Comedy Central, it was in 2016. Oh yeah. You did a, um, they did a campaign for mental health. And yeah. you were, were you the first, you were one of the first to perform, weren't you? And you talked about anxiety. I was one of the first, I think, yeah. Uh, I was, it was sort of, yeah, they, it was, I think it was the first time they'd done that campaign. Yeah, it was, yeah. And it felt like a really positive thing to be a part of. And I think being a stand-up, I mean, it's kind of a cliche, but I think it's a cliche for a reason. Well, it is in my case, of kind of the, the tears of a clown. Or, the, you know, laughter, I think, does tread a fine line between mm. sadness and, and, and happiness. And yeah. I think... I think it's a, a lot of the time, for me anyway, comedy has been a way of, 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 of kind of, again, trying to reach out to people and go, hey, have you experienced this? And then they laugh because they go, yes, I feel that too. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's a reassurance in that that you feel, again, that you're not alone in, in any experience and, and a sort of reassurance that actually, you, you know, you'll be okay. You know, there's a way through or there's, there's just another way of looking at things. And I think that's, for me, that's when comedy is at its most powerful. And, and I think, it, so it made sense that it was about stand-up. And of course, you know, like before we go on stage, often stand-ups go through quite a, 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 a whole plethora of emotions. And it's often quite, you know, it, is, it does bring out nerves. And the learning process was to learn to be happy mm. uh, on, on stage. And a few things helped with that. To reprogramming the way I thought of it, somebody said to me, nerves are just the flip side of excitement. And oh, that's like a nice that. way of re, realigning it, if you can use that. Um, but also I'm aware that in the wider world, uh, that all too often, you know, if you say to somebody, oh, I'm feeling nervous, the advice you'll get back is to go, oh, don't be nervous. <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, I never thought of it like that. Thanks, it's fixed. Yeah, Everything's thanks. fine oh, now. Oh, you're right, actually. Oh, gosh, good for you. That's made everything um, okay. That's exactly. Oh, don't have a cold. Okay, oh, I haven't got one now. <laughs> um, so, um, so, so, yeah, so there's that kind of thing of like, for me, I, I think there was the, the feeling of, being nervous, but then it was double the the, sh- the sort of shame of feeling nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of com- compacted the experience. Yeah, well, I think they also like they like tell you that it's 
growing up, you grew up also performing, I've grown up performing, mm-hmm. you're, you're told that it shouldn't be, as a performer, this is your, your job, this is what you're good at. You should not yeah, be nervous, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. we were told. Just as well, like the, the times I've felt most content performing, I've been the times when, even if I've not said it out loud, I feel like I could say it out, I feel comfortable mm. enough that I could say it out loud, I feel a bit nervous today. Anybody else, you know, and actually, you know, I've never actually done that, but if you want to do new material, I will say that. To, like, small <laughs> and like, I'm doing new material, it might be terrible, but that's okay. And, then, and actually, if you, I think people relax if you own it. Yeah. You go, that's it, isn't it? Because they go, oh, well, this is yeah. certainly been aware of like self sabotage and the self sabotage yeah. voice in my head sometimes. Yeah. I've sort of, particularly in my 20s, I felt it a lot of kind of that voice going like, oh, this isn't going to go right. Oh, yeah, that's the stuff. And actually, sometimes being aware of it, like you say, mm. um, I don't know if it's a psychodynamic, I'm getting bounding. Just yeah. throwing terms around. But um, yeah, I mean, are they, are they rooted in any truth? I don't know. Um, but that thing of kind of, if you can acknowledge it, like you say, yeah. then you can work on it. And so yeah. you can yeah. go, um, you know, I, I think for me, being aware of like, there's a voice in my head that's saying you're not doing very well. Well, maybe I can respond to that voice. Or yeah. maybe I can... Oh. And 20s are all rough. T- I mean, we're, we're yeah. going through it at the moment. And apparently your 40s are supposed to be the, the peak of your life. So right. I'm holding out for that. I'm right. going to tell you. Like, I'm oh. holding out for like being 42 and living life wow, and just yeah. everything being I mean, slightly like, more amazing maybe. But I think your 20s are hard because you're like trying to, I think it's to do with identity, isn't it? You're just trying to find out who the hell are you. I find my 20s really difficult. And yeah, uh, yeah just for exactly that, those sorts of reasons. And, and also, again, the shame compounds that. Uh, sense of kind of going it's, is that okay to ask for advice because it seems like we have to be perfect from the beginning yeah. and actually yeah. like, like you say like actually the vulnerabilities are of the more the much more endearing yeah connect you to people more and you're like oh that's okay like we're on the same page here. Yeah. Like, none of us know what we're doing and that's fine cool. so true yeah. I think it comes from like our parents generation as well of like being 22 and already having a house and getting married and having kids yes, yeah. and then they sort of project that them. onto you and you're kind of like yeah. whoa no I don't know what I'm doing like I can't That's look so after funny. myself never mind other people sure. I, I mean, felt more sure yeah. when I was in my my teens I'm not gonna lie I mean don't get me wrong I don't feel anyone if we're talking on a scale of not to 100 percentage wise you know um I was probably at 30 percent but I swear to god at 19 I was like had this idea of where I would be. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe when you're young, you have this idea of where you're going to be in your 20s and you're your like, 30s. Oh, the and, then, get there? Mm. and then you get there and you're like, oh, it's slightly different. Not always yeah. in a bad way, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's Well, again, it's I think school doesn't really teach us to go... It, it never teaches us to be okay to fail. And no. I think mm. to grow and to learn, you have to be able to learn from failure. You have to accept your failures and, and, and kind of embrace them. And I think that school is all about succeed. And it's, and it's about like, look... Don't have feelings. You've got to do GCSE maths next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All the time. But I, that's, I sort of have of that feeling of kind of... Did yeah. You, yeah, did you find that? Oh, uh, my school, oh, they yeah. put a lot of pressure on the pe- and the kids that were conditioned almost to like achieve or whatever. There was no space for failure. I went to Catholic school, oh, well, so as long as we were good... As long as we were good godly children, yeah. everything was fine. Oh, right. Like, wow. We all went to mass every Friday. We did our prayers. And oh, like, everyone was like... Everyone's good, yeah? No one's got any problems. And I guess it, it's probably not this, any individual school or certainly any individual teacher's fault because I think it's, you know, it's a wider... Mm. It, has to be, it has to be embraced by the wider... It's a huge, mm. generic issue. Yeah, because I suppose mm. the school... Anybody at the school is just going, well, we need to get these young people through their exams. Well, they've got it, pressure on them, haven't you know, they? They have yeah. to meet targets. Like, I yeah, know, it's all that. Yeah, and, it's, and, and as well, it's like... It's cycle. Yeah, it's very difficult, isn't it, to break that mm. and to have space and time, I suppose. I don't know, I've never worked in school, but I think... It must be stressful for 
at times for all, for all sides. What's the so obviously with the COVID? I mean, you must have been affected in in some ways because it's the the industry is but taken yeah. a hard hit. Yeah, I think um, I think live comedy has, has had a difficult time because you know obviously venues haven't been able mm-hmm. to operate, yeah. and they are starting to do outdoor gigs and stuff like that, which is exciting and really positive, and I'm really glad that people are keen to make that happen. Um, in that, I think in terms of television, it's been really difficult, but again, things are starting to happen now, and I think that's great that there's been um, so much goodwill and so much ingenuity, really, to, to, to make it happen. And I think that, um, I, I think, you know, not to come back to this uh, philosophy of mine, but I think it's entertainment and comedy, television in particular, are so good at connecting with people and making them feel connected, that actually in, in these times, it's been all the mm. more profound. I think, I mean, not to, I mean, I think that's self-aggrandizing, but I do think, like, I think television, radio, all, all those mediums are important, very, very important, mm. and I think people, um, I hope that people value them, and, and, and so I'm very glad that, that we've been able to start making things again. It was really stressful just to not be doing things. Yeah, because you did a, did you do a few Zoom or, like, um, yeah, online I, gigs? I did a, like, oh, yeah, I did a few online gigs. Yeah. Uh, I've done a few, few of those, and um, also I did my podcast with Susie Ruffle, we do it together. We, we had a lovely time doing that, and we always have a lovely time doing it, and we did some live shows that were mm. on, which were streamed, and that was really nice and really great to kind of interact with the listeners and stuff. Well, that's what I was thinking, with the people, like, in there, like, interacting with it and watching it, because you, like, hear laughs and people were laughing. Yes, and yeah. we had, like, a front row, which is great. It feels really Brilliant. nice, and, yeah, it was nice. It was just lovely to be doing something, and hopefully people, well, they seem to get on mm. board with it and like it. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, that that was good. And I, you know, like, was a guest on some talk show type things, um, like Saturday Kitchen and the One Show and and things like that. And you know, it's it's never quite the same as being in the studio, but still, yeah. it felt um, nice to be doing things yeah. as part of. So I'm very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, I don't know if a lot of people found it. I mean, and a lot of people found it very stressful as well. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was. Uh, lovely to spend time with them, my mum yeah. and dad, and to just hang out in a non-pressured way. I wasn't sort of stressed out with work or yeah. anything. Yeah. But at the same time, I was, I was reading quite a lot about codependency, um, yeah. which is something really that I think is such an interesting topic, and about barriers and stuff, and uh, and just going, you know, not in a dramatic way, but going like, oh, I'm just going to not... I used to feel like anxious that I was leaving my parents' service on their own, or I was leaving yeah. them. I was like, I can't leave them. I should be there for them. And I used to go, hey, Tom, this is your life. You want to have dinner? Fun later you can have dinner yeah. later and um and just going like i'm gonna watch television in my room that's so interesting because when i went home i kind of had the opposite i'm okay. very based on routine okay and the idea of me losing routine like oh, is a gosh. big thing right. so when i went home I, I was on the phone to my mum and i was like i was like okay i'm gonna come stay with you because my flatmate is a uh, frontliner so i was like i'm gonna come stay with you oh, but i was like there's a few conditions i was yeah. like i need to stick to my routine mm-hmm. and I, my mum bless her she's very like she, She's very involved, so she's, like, always popping up. And I was like, you need to just respect that, that I'm, if I'm working, I'm working, and, yeah. you know. And they were great about it, but I, I'm not going to lie, I did think to myself, I give it four weeks before they really get on my nerves. No. <laughs> and was it okay? No, there was, it was no problem oh, at all. The, I was there for three and a half months. They didn't annoy me once. Fabulous. And I don't know if it's because I've grown up from being a teenager, because I haven't yeah. been back home for that length of time since right. then. So yeah. I'm thinking maybe I'm I'm just like less hormonal and, and <laughs> more, oh, more like an adult yeah. now. Um, <laughs> uh, it was yeah. nice to have my washing done oh, for yeah, once. Oh my yeah. god, I've missed that. Yeah. Did you, did you 
I mean, you, you're living with my parents at the moment, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I moved back from London to my master's, so I moved back in with mum and dad. And so it was pretty normal. It was weird having my brother back from you. Yeah. It was the weirder thing. We mm. sort of regressed back into like oh, 10 and 8 again. Like, oh my God, I hate you. Oh my God, mom, <laughs> mom, he's bugging me. <laughs> my mum was like, I've got two 20-year-olds in the house and it's like oh, I'm living with children again. That's I was like, funny. Mm, sorry, mom. I was living for your mum's content. Uh, my mum, she's, she's so My mum discovered flavoured gin during lockdown. Oh, good She got her. very into it. Yeah. Um, and we, we've had a laugh. I never thought I would be able to just sit down and get drunk with my mum on like an afternoon, oh, like in the yeah. garden. And um, it was she, a highlight of my week. My mum just posted, like, calling my friends, going, Hey, babe, what are you up to? <laughs> and I was like, Mum, this is my friend. Oh my God, mum. She's my friend. <laughs> she's great. I love her. Oh, that's good. But those sort of like, because I think it was such an extreme, you know, I'm still in it to an extent, but an extreme time that actually it does bring out those kind of, you, you know, you're just honest with each other, yeah. I suppose. I felt so, honestly, I felt so grateful to have that time because I don't think I would have ever had that time mm. solidly. When am I ever going to have three months, of, you know, yeah. so solidly back home with my parents now I've moved out and all of that, like, and working yeah. and all that. I feel so grateful that I, I was able to have that time with them and for us to... I mean, we're a close-knit family anyway. We're very yeah. close. But um, I think it just... There's been a lot of hardships and, and, and you know, you, as you grow up, things happen and you look after one another and there's a lot sure. of pressure from things. Mm. So for me to, like, go home and, and just enjoy having dinner with them or going Lovely. for a walk, like, I think Wonderful. it was, like, the smallest things that I just, I think in such an awful time as well. Mm. It was like a real juxtaposition. Is that even the right word to use? Yeah, I'm sure I mean, it is. But um, yeah, but yeah I, I think that that was really a great position to be in, really. Yeah. And like a lot of your um, material sometimes comes from living with your parents. Yes. Yeah. Have we got like two new tours now after spending so much time in isolation? <laughs> oh, there should be, shouldn't there? <laughs> um, well, potentially, I suppose. Yeah, I guess that's... A, I didn't think of it like that. I should have, yeah, been monetizing. Made um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I probably have to start writing about other things at some point. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think for a lot of people, they move back home at various points, and, and, and it made sense to do so. And I think that... Uh, I, I hope that it provided some kind of, uh, you know, something relatable. Mm. Oh, um, definitely. You know, and, and, like, it's that thing, isn't it, that... Often we love our family and they love us back, but somehow, despite that, we just wind each other up or just kind of like, why are you doing that? Yeah. Or just, you know, just like sofas that my parents have ordered for the front room don't fit the room. You can't walk <laughs> into the room. So people come around, they stand in the door, the sort of end room, because they feel like these sofas, like they, there's no way in. And there's no, that doesn't seem to bother them. And I'm like, yeah. how? It's that dysfunction, isn't it? That family yeah. dysfunction, which is prime. I think it's. Pri I think it's prime time comedy. Yeah. Well, I think it is. I mean, yeah. If I can curtail my kind of like, <laughs> why have you built a pulley out cupboard next to a plug socket so you can't pull it out? <laughs> That's great. I love the bit you did about learning to drive. Um. <laughs> watching so. that put me and my dad off driving uh, together. Really? My dad was like, "This is why." I am not letting you get in my car because oh. we will just have these moments and just like 
I learned to drive, I did two lessons and I got stuck behind a cyclist and was so determined that I was going to knock this person off their bike, I had like a panic attack in the car. No. And you were so like, determined that you weren't going to Yeah, I was like... Was it like you were like... I'm she was aiming for him. I was, just like, I was like, in my head, I could see myself accidentally clip them. Uh, so then yeah. I, I, was like, I was like, yeah, okay, cool, I'm just not going to drive. And then I moved to London and I was like, yeah, there's no point in yeah. learning how to drive when I'm here. Now I'm back home. I'm like... I regret this decision now because it's 45 minutes for the next train and there's yeah. no buses. But my dad's like, we are not getting in the car together. You know, my dad taught me to drive, but like, if I have kids, I ain't teaching them to drive. I'm not going to car with them. I thought I'd be much, I thought I'd be much calmer with my mum and much more angry with my dad. Mm. Dad and I had that argument and that was based, the one I talked about in the stand-up, like after I said, can we go to Sainsbury's car park and practice reversing into the car parking spaces. Oh, and so I just need you to be there you know you have to do it with someone in the car yeah I was like don't tell me what to do because I need to see if I'm doing it or not dad wouldn't let me just be and he was just like no do it again no Tom down a bit and I was like leave me to do it like why can't you accept parking and it was an empty park park it was being oh, yeah. queued there was no cars right. around I was right. like I'm gonna nail this and yeah. I got into the parking spot and was like what? equal sides on both I've nailed this oh my god if I got within 10 feet yeah. of a bollard it was like oh my god stop the car now oh. like, it's all the way over <laughs> Do you know what I think that is as well? Is when a passenger doesn't trust you and they're the driver. It makes you more panicky. My and also, they're not used to being on that side, so the bollard mm. does seem really close. Yeah. But you're like, it's fine. Way over there, you're like, totally it, fine. They're like, because they're used to being in the driving seat. Yeah. That's what I think anyway. All my friends know I. Lovely. I love it. Mm. I love when it really. Drive. It's because I'm focusing on something. Yeah. That's why I'm completely in it. Yeah. I I, I would say the same, and I think um, though what I find very stressful is in the countryside is when you turn onto a lane and it's 60 mile an hour. Like, oh, and it's yeah, single track, and I'm like, what? I know. How Why is this that? 60 miles <laughs> yeah. an hour? I can't, like, it's like some sort of, like, hedge all around me. And these, like, tight hairpin bends. It's fine, a car might be coming towards you and have no way to get out of the way. <laughs> But just go at the speed limit, that's fine. And I'm like, no way. Yeah. And I'm sure people are annoyed, like, why is somebody going on at 23 miles an hour? I think you get used to it. I think the thing, the thing about the countryside is, is you know your roads and you know where those, oh, the, where okay. those, bend, where my parents are, it's like, oh, you yeah. know where that bend is and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, even then, like, would I go, you know, when they have the 60 come up, you're like, would I go 60 down? I, I don't yeah, even right. know. As a local, I don't even know. But you get some crazy, crazy people, people who just like, on floor, I know. Yeah. Massive cars. Yeah. I used to drive an Igo for God's sake. I was like a quarter of the road and I'd still be like in the bush. Yeah. Obviously everything, I mean, I don't want to use the word normal because I don't think things are necessarily going fully back to normal, but what's your first plan? What would you like to do? Which could be even a holiday. I mean, anything. What would you like to do? Oh, I would love to go out. I would love to go out and go for, well, you can go out for dinner, can't you? But like Mm. go out and go dancing and not think about it. I love that. And um, saying hello to people, giving them a hug, giving them a That'd hug. That'd be nice. Basically, go to a party. That's what I'd like. Yeah. I've really missed that. I've missed that during the lockdown more and more. Like, just that, um, do you need to go to like a crappy party? You know, those kind of corporate sort of parties or something oh, yeah. that's yeah. organised. Um, I was like, I would love to go to one of those. I would go to like the most cringy, rundown student nightclub I could find and be like, yes, get me in Pop World. Yeah. Two for one BKs, I don't even care anymore. Like, I will take anything now. Yeah, and that's just somewhere yeah. that's going to play Shania Twain and I'll be fine. Yeah. We go desperately to Rowan's to go bowling because it's also got that kind of cheese vibe mm. of like Shania Twain yeah. being played in the background. I and then like just... you guys like Shania Twain quite a lot. 
Oh, I mean, who doesn't like Shania? Yeah. I mean, she's just she's like wreck, I feel like that. Okay, I don't know if you've ever been to Rowan's in Finsbury Park. It's a bowling alley. Cheesy bowling. Opposite the Karaoke. station upstairs. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I might have been Is there. it upstairs? There's some upstairs and back. But it's, oh, yeah. it's incredible. It's like our go-to thing. Oh. It, was, it's, it was like a weekly thing before lockdown. It's great for like getting things out you know yeah. it's very therapeutic I think bowling people love bowling it's good they? I mean who doesn't love picking up a heavy ball and throwing it as some sort yeah. of therapy at safely <laughs> at some pit yeah, it's not at people a very expensive polished floor but yeah exactly so that would be, just be great live yeah. events as well like obviously events, our background yeah. is music but we put on like music gigs a lot so it's been weird stuff, yeah. not having to do that but then I thought it was a few weeks ago it sort of hit me I was like there's all these like petitions and protests and campaigns for like music and theatre but poor comedy so I sat there like no one seems to be like getting really angry about the lack of like support for like the comedy scene yeah they I think you know I think the thing about comedy is that it is always kind of a sort of uh it's 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 always kind of come out of nothing really in mm. a way it's built itself out of nothing which is its strength in that it's sort of people talking in the back of bars and, and that evolved into clubs and and then theatres, I think. I think that's fair to say. Um, and so, you, you know, comics are pretty good at finding ways to do it. But I think, for me, it's always been a thing, b- b- long before the lockdown, that, like, comedians aren't always kind of regarded as any kind of, you know, the same bracket as, like, other performers, mm-hmm. regarded as artists. But comics are like, oh, well, yeah. And it's kind of... I, and I just always think, like, well, comics tend to, like, they, they do it all on their own. How are they hoping it's going to come back in? Is there any kind of um, um, there forward thinking on it? different whenever? ways of doing it. And I think, I mean, like I say, I think there is a huge will to make it work. I know there's a huge amount of, of goodwill and, and desperation to make yeah. it work one way or another um, from venues and performers and, and, and indeed audiences. So it's, that's very, very heartening. And I think in that sense, it won't go away. And I think fundamentally, people always want those live experiences don't they so I think there'll always be a hunger for it one way or another uh, and I hope that that, that that it's brought back sooner rather than later for for everybody really I think um, you know laughing together with people is a mm. lovely thing to do so I hope I hope that's possible so it's the book's out 12th of November it's yes. called No Shame yes where can people buy it they can buy it online uh, or they can buy it at their local bookshop there are some signed copies available uh, if you check out my social media details are there and Tom Allen Comedy on Twitter and Tom Indeed at Instagram. And just in time for Christmas, so stuff it in stockings. 12th of November, yes, just in time. Lots of time to wrap it up as well. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for joining us. Uh, It's been an absolute pleasure. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to Tom for joining us. It's at Tom Indeed if you guys want to go check him out on the socials. If you want to buy his book, the link will be in the description. Honestly, it's so brilliant. You won't regret it. The perfect Christmas gift for this year. But most importantly, thank you guys for listening to our very first podcast. If you want to stay up to date with our episodes, you can follow us at HATC Media on Instagram, on Twitter and on Facebook. Don't forget to head over to our profile to listen to Alice's grounding exercise for the week. And we look forward to seeing you next week for another episode with another brilliant guest. Bye.